If you're visiting with us for the first time today, we are so glad that you're here and uh, join us in this journey where we're just taking 12 weeks to say what matters to us. What do we value? That doesn't mean that any church down the road that has different values is lesser. It just means these are our values. And anyone that's preaching Jesus risen from the dead, they're our church too, amen, and we're theirs. But these are the things that we are passionate about, the things that we focus on, that really haven't changed much over the last 25 years. But church has grown so much over the last couple of years since we came out of lockdown. We just thought it'd be really good just to, come on, let's walk through these. Let's remember what we're, we're passionate about, our family values. So we had a great week last week. That was week seven. Today we are on week eight. And today's is called We Are Family. That should pop up soon. There we are. We Are Family. <clears throat> Anybody know a song that goes something like that? All right. Anybody want to? We are family. Yeah, okay. All right. All right. You can't mention that and not do that, can you? I mean, it's, it's like if you're over like 30, is that safe? Age? You just, you can't hear that and uh, not have a sing-along. Now, what do we mean we are family? It's we're celebrating our diversity in culture and age. And we're committed to developing healthy relationships. We don't want church to be a meeting. We don't want church to be something that happens for an hour and a half, two hours on Sunday morning. We want it to be a community that resembles a family. You can have different communities in life. The community we want family church to feel like and be like is the community of family. Now, the church is called and compared to a number of things in the Bible. It's quite a long list, actually. And they're all good and they're different and they give us different perspectives of who we are and how God sees us. Now, let me give you a couple of them. In the Bible, the church, that's us, the people that belong to God, not the building, not the, not the meeting, the people, are called the bride of Christ. Isn't that wonderful? We're the body of Christ. The Bible also says we're a kingdom, <clears throat> we're a house, and we're a flock. And uh, there's a number of other things that the Bible shows us that we are to God. But a key one that's throughout the Bible is we are also a family. And it's really neat that we're actually called Family Church. But we don't want Family Church just to be a label on the tin. We want it to be the experience of the contents, which I believe we are true to this. You know, Family Church, I'm so blessed that my dad's in Family Church and I've got my natural father here. But to tell you the truth, my brothers and sisters in family church really are our family. It's not something we do, it's not something we go to. The relationships that we've built over the years, you know, the people that I do life with, the Waynes and, and the Richard and Philippers, the Ruths, the, the Smudge, the Paul, they're not just people I go to church with. They've really become family. And obviously Gina's family is miles away, she's American. And the church has always been for us, and we've seen it, as a family. We're a part of a family. We don't go to a meeting. Church is family. Now, with any family, there's always a father, isn't there? That's how a family comes into existence. Now, the good news is one of the things that causes us to say that we're a family is we all have the same father. 
Now, I don't mean Dave Elms, all right? I'm not like comparing Dave Elms to the first man, Adam. <clears throat> Everybody is here today because of Dave Elms. I'm here today because of Dave Elms. But we've got a heavenly father, haven't we? And no matter what nation, um, what country we come from, what causes us to be a family is we all have the same heavenly father. We worship the same heavenly father. Now, a few verses in the Bible. I'm going to use a lot of verses today because I think it's important to understand that this is something that the Bible says is our normal. So it says in James 1 verse 18, he chose, that's God, to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. Can you see what it said there? He chose to give us birth. Now, actually, God gave us first birth that made us able to be on the planet. But it's second birth that God is speaking of. That when we become born again, our father becomes our father. All right? Now, the Bible says that we're born of God. Now, Jesus said to Nicodemus, didn't he? A person must be born again. Nicodemus said, how can I go back into my mother's womb? If you can convince me, you won't convince her, right? I'm like 12 stone, 15 stone now. She's going to have none of that, all right? But Jesus was speaking of a secondary birth. He said, you were born through Adam. That's a natural birth, but you must be born again. And that new birth comes through faith in Jesus Christ. But it's quite, easy, it's quite interesting when you read John 3. <clears throat> we often use that statement, born again. You must be born again. But we forget sometimes that those are powerful words. The word that's the Greek word that's used for born is the word geneo. Guess what word we get from geneo? Genes. And then the word above is the Greek word anothen. And that means from above or from the beginning. So what Jesus was saying is a person must receive the genes that come from above. The genes that were present in the beginning. I'm not talking about Levi's for some of the younger people. I'm talking about the genes that make us who we are. When a person's born again, they receive heavenly genes. And God becomes your father in heaven. Now, again, a few key verses. 1 John 3, 1 says, See what kind of love the father has given or lavished upon us that we should now be called children of God, and so we are. I love that verse. Another translation says, and that is what we are. Oh, see the lavish love of the heavenly Father, that we should, not in heaven, now be called the children of God, and that is what we are. Why? Because we've been born again. We've received genes from heaven, and we've become God's children, all right? Now, the Apostle Paul also recognized this perspective. And he says, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are now fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Isn't that brilliant? That the Bible says that the church, as well as being an army, a bride, a kingdom is the household of God. Again, in Ephesians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul says this, 
For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. So we acknowledge our Heavenly Father as our Father in heaven. We are no longer strangers or aliens, but we're a part of his household. What's household? It's family. So, that's sorted out God's position, isn't it? And our position. No one thinks they're God, right? Please let me know you don't. That's good. He's God, we're his children. But that means that it says in Romans 8, 17, that because we're born again, we are heirs to the Father and joint heirs with the Son. Isn't that incredible? That Jesus wasn't intimidated to call us brother. Jesus wasn't intimidated and isn't intimidated to call us brother and sister. All right? We are heirs to the Father. That's because we're the children of God now. And we're joint heirs with the Son. Now, here's my point. If we're joint heirs with the Son, Jesus, what does that mean that we are together? Brothers and sisters, right? If he's the Father... Jesus Christ has brought us into his household and made us family. If he's the father, Jesus is the son, and Jesus now calls us joint heirs, that means there's one superstar in the kingdom. His name is Jesus Christ. The rest of us are one big happy family made up of brothers and sisters who all have the same heavenly father who loves us with lavish love. See, that's the church. The church isn't an organization. We function as one, but it isn't an organization. It's a community, it's a family. So we're to function as a family, not just as a family, because I know some families that don't function in a very healthy way. I could say, let's function as a family, and that could be like a living nightmare made true to you by the family you experienced. So let's say we're to function as a family, in brackets, healthy family. Now, we've all experienced many different examples of family, from toxic to inspirational. Whether that wasn't your personal experience, you've seen and witnessed families on the earth. But when we say family, you could say everything from, I have seen toxic family, to, I've seen this family, man, they were so inspirational. I believe we should all be trying to be inspirational families, amen, never toxic ones. Now, no human expression of family is ever going to be perfect, but God's is. Now, in any expression of family, there's going to be a few warts, there's going to be a few mistakes, there's going to be a few things that aren't perfect. But when we consider ourselves a family of God, we don't look to human family alone for our example. We look at the ideal What would God's family look like? Because that's who we are. Not when we die and go to heaven, but here on earth. Now, when we look at doing life together, I believe that we we should be using family, perfect idea of family, the perfect ideal, not the toxic experience, the perfect ideal of family, to be the model of relational structure that we build with. The things that are a part of a successful, healthy family are the things that we should celebrate together also. Agreed? So again, let's put toxic experience over there. Let's say 
imagine a perfect family. And the key elements of a perfect family should be the key elements of our experience together as God's family. Now, again, the Apostle Paul taught about this in the Bible quite a lot. And um, he used the context of family to talk about how we should see each other, but also how we should relate to each other. Relate, relationship, it's that same bracket of thinking. Now listen to these words, it teaches us how we should treat each other because we're now a family of God. I'm going to read it from the NIV and then from the uh, the Living Bible. It says, firstly, do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he were your father. Treat younger men as brothers and older women as mothers and younger women as sisters with absolute purity. Did you hear that single young men? You don't hit on them, that's your sister. Moving on. <clears throat> Let me read that from the Living Bible. Never speak sharply to an older man, but plead with him respectfully as though he were your own father. Talk to the younger men as if they were much-loved brothers. Treat older women as you would treat a mother, and the girls as your sisters, thinking only pure thoughts about them. Can we get an amen? amen. Anyone with daughters, give me an amen. amen. All right, come on. Now, here's six things that we want to model being God's family on the earth. Are you ready? Just six things. Number one, we want to be loving. We want our family, we want family church, the family of God, this expression of family church, to be loving. Now, it says, In John 13, a new command I give to you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. We could put followers or we could put family. By this, the world will know that you are my family if you love one another. So Jesus says to us, our older brother... Saviour, king, older brother, says this is how you'll stick out in life. This is how you'll make church experience a family experience. If you love each other like I have loved you. Love is powerful, isn't it? But what is love? Love summed up really well in uh, 1 Corinthians. I haven't got these verses, but you know them off by heart, right? 1 Corinthians 13 verses 4 to 8 tells us what love is. It is patient. It is kind, it doesn't envy, it doesn't boast, it's not proud, it doesn't dishonour, it's not self-seeking, not easily angered, keeps no record of wrong, doesn't delight in evil, but rejoices with truth, always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres, never fails. I believe that that's a beautiful description of love but it's also a beautiful description of family love. Come on, think within your own families, the things that you put up with from people that you wouldn't put up with with others that weren't your family. Right? All right, a few amens rattling across the place there. All right. It's true, eh? There's some things that if you weren't family, no. All right? No. We want a bond of love in family church that causes us to always 
protect, not do envy, not do pride, not be self-seeking, not easily angered. That's the love that God wants the people of his family to experience in their church family. Now, as we make these things an ongoing standard, our love for each other will be similar or reflect the love that he has for us. Now, the good news is we're a part of a huge family, aren't we? Now, when we talk about church family, we've got our local expression here, Portsmouth, but we're also a part of a bigger church family called Family Church that meets in different places. But we're also a part of a worldwide, global family. Just because somebody goes to a different church doesn't mean they're not your brother and sister. What we're looking at is we want our local church family to be a place of love, a place of acceptance, a place where people are patient with each other, a place where people don't fall out and walk away. We want the dynamics of our local church family to feel like that for people coming in and people who are apart, but also our wider family, family church, but also our global family. Now, it says, uh, where am I? I've lost my way. That's unusual, isn't it? So we want to be loving. Now, being loving means that we care for each other. Now, love is a verb, isn't it? Love can, can't just be trapped in being a word. I love you, I love you, I love you. Writers of songs trap love into being a word where God wants us to know it as a verb. Love is a doing word. It's not just a word, I love you, I love you, I love you, but its strength is seen in what we do for each other. So to me, we want to be a family that's loving. We want to be a family who are committed to taking care of each other, all right? Now, Galatians 6, verse 10 says this. Therefore, as we have an opportunity, let us always do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. So what's Paul saying here? Do good to everyone, but especially do good. Take care of those who belong to the family of God. Now, as you know, we've got a huge heart for our local community, Buckland and the surrounding areas, but our heart must start with our church family. We've got a massive heart for our community, but we can't overlook the needs of our family to meet the needs of a community. It's not either or, it's both and. But we've got to make sure that even before we're loving outside the walls, we're taking care of each other and loving within them, all right? So again, anytime there's a need for food or anything like that, we've got programs in the church to make sure that people have needs practically met. Please don't be not asking. However we can help, we wanna be helping each other because that's an expression of family. Now, I love what Paul says in his writing to Timothy again, he says, Anyone who doesn't provide for their relatives or their family, and especially their own household, has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Well, that's pretty strong, isn't it? And we could look at that in the context of our natural family that we were born into through Adam. But also, I think we can look at our spiritual family. 
that if we look to take care of others, but we ignore the needs of our family, Paul says that's not good. Okay, somebody say number three. <clears throat> Equality. Equality. In family church, we celebrate a state of equality. What does equality mean? According to the dictionary, the state of being equal, especially in status, rights, or opportunities. All right. We purpose as the family of God on earth to be living completely free from worldly isms and philosophies that have no place in God's family. Racism, prejudice, the classing of people by color of skin, nationality, and economic position have no place in our church family. We are brothers and we are sisters, independent of the classes that are in place outside our family home. Every one of us is equal. Every one of us. There's one superstar in the kingdom. His name is Jesus. We've all got a famous big brother. The rest of us, we are brothers and we are sisters and we will not bow the knee to isms or prejudice or segregation. Those things are ungodly and should not be found in the family of God. We celebrate our diversity and we see strength and blessing as, as bless, as strength and blessing to who we are, knowing that every person is truly equal and every person has been made in the image of God. As a family, we want to be on earth as we will be and it is in heaven. How many people know there's no such thing as the wickedness of racism and certain things in heaven? And it won't be in this church either. I love what it says in Revelation 7 verse 9. After this I looked and before me there was a great multitude that no one could count. From every nation, tribe, people, language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. That's an image of the family of God in heaven. We want that image of God's family on earth. Okay? We also stay free from other divisions that are worldly and not godly. It says in Galatians 3.28, For there is neither now Jew nor Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for we are all now one in Christ. So we don't live behind the hindrances or restrictions of previous traditions and philosophies. We say male and female, Jew and Gentile, slave or free, all are the same and one in Christ. Okay, number four. Somebody say number four. We want to be a growing family, right? Healthy things grow. And if we're going to be a healthy family, then we've got to always be accommodating growth. 
Healthy things grow and multiply. We want our church to be always growing and multiplying, planting out, getting bigger buildings. We don't want to be us four and no more. Sometimes when you meet a family, it's like, it's me, my wife, and our two kids, that's it, shut the door. That's not us. We're saying, let's give God a huge family. Every time someone gets born again, receives the heavenly genes, genes from above, they instantly become a brother and a sister. But we've got to make that more than token. How many times have you walked into a church and somebody said, love your brother and sister, but then they didn't treat you with love? We don't want statements, we want actualities. You know? It also says, greet each other with a heavenly kiss. I just want to say to all the guys, don't kiss me. <laughs> Please, you know. No, I don't, uh, no. No. Anyway, moving on. I've been to churches and I walk through the door and suddenly this stubbly face rubs up against mine and says, love you with the love of the Lord. I'm like, no. No, no. Shake my hand. Let's, let's just... Now, Wayne, that's different. He loves a good kiss on the cheek. Anyway, moving on. So, healthy things grow. I met Gina. We fell in love. We became a family. Then came Olivia, Ethan, Gabby, Sophie, Christina. And next will come the grandchildren. And I will be a father of many nations. Healthy things grow. We want to be a healthy family. It's growing all the time. New people are being born into our family. Amen. We want to be inclusive and welcoming to others. Always making sure there's room at the table for one more. And that's our connect groups. That's how we do church. We constantly live to make room at the table for a prodigal child coming home Somebody joining the family. Man, that will make this family a fun family, eh? Okay, number five. We're not scared to sort things out. We're not scared to sort things out. We're not scared to have conversations and not walk away. We're good at sorting stuff out because we're family. That's what families do. They sort things out. But sometimes when people have an offence, a misunderstanding... Instead of sorting things out, they leave the church, uproot their lives, and never grow like they should. We don't want family church to be that. We want to be brave and say, let's be a people that sort our rubbish out. All right? Here's a classic parent request. Would you not just play well together? (laughs) Can you just play well together? As God's family, all under the same heavenly father, we want the father to see us playing well together. Every family has disagreements and issues sometimes, but we stick around to sort them out. We don't run away because we're family. And I really want that to be cultural because sometimes great people are lost because they didn't stick around to sort it out. Let's be braver, hey? Now, how do we sort stuff out? We sort our issues out like the Father tells us to. Now, I love one of my key verses whenever I'm dealing with issues uh, between people in the family is Matthew 15, 18, where Jesus actually puts a household rule book on the table. And he says, and if, 
or when your brother, notice what he said, brother sins against you, don't get an attitude, leave, go to them. Go to them and talk. And if they don't listen, bring some other brothers and sisters into the moment with the heart of reconciliation. If they still don't listen, bring an uncle or an auntie, bring church leadership into the situation. But get it sorted. Don't walk away. Unforgiveness has no credit in the kingdom of God. God is a God of forgiveness. Stuff happens to us. We're in a fallen world. We're in a broken planet. But how we respond demonstrates whether we see church as a meeting, an organisation, or a family. So let's be kids that play well together, hey? I don't know. I always used to see our kids playing together well, and it made me smile. Oh, I didn't when they were climbing on each other, throwing toys at each other, saying that. That never made me smile. So let's be a family that aren't scared to talk things through. And finally, number six, somebody say number six. Let's play as a team. Because family is team, all right? Now, I always, I don't watch it too much, but I'm always reminded when I was thinking about this of that, um, that famous program, Family Fortunes, you know? <coughs> we've, all, we've all experienced, most have experienced Family Fortunes. And they normally open up and they say, today we have... Who we got? We got Russell and Hannah. We have a line family. And they're standing there, Russell and Hannah and the little kiddies. And then we have the War Boys family. And that's a big group. That's a big team. That's a big team there. You know, we have a, we need to understand in life, we are the God's family. And we play well together. What I love about family fortunes is that the questions that are asked draws on the different skill base and experience of the different people present representing the family. We want to be like that. We're also different, skilled in different ways. God's given us all different talents, but we need to use them to cause the family to win. To win. So, as a family, we believe every person has a role to play in making this family the best it can be. You know, this morning, those ladies and gentlemen that got soaked to the skin setting up this stage, they did their part to make this family win. The musicians, the hosting team, the connect groups, the outreach, there's something for everyone to do that helps this family to win. Now, our ideal is everyone doing their bit. Now, again, I'm old, I'm 57, older, should I say, 57. <clears throat> and when I'm getting ready for this this morning, I'm seeing different programmes on the TV that some of you probably never heard of. Some have. The Waltons. <laughs> do, 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 do. Hey, John Boy. Hey, Mary Ellen. Little House on the Prairie. With half point. Come on, just give me a wave if anyone knows what I'm talking about. All right, all right, I'm, I'm not alone. Some of the younger people are like, what is he going on about? Now, half point had chores, as did her sister, Mary, wasn't it? 
Laurie, they're all there, okay? But everyone in that household, the Waltons and the little house on the prairie, did things practically to make the family happen. I believe that we should be like that in our thinking. What can we all do? What talents has God given us that we can help the family that isn't a church I go to be successful? And then there was another series that used to be on, uh, anyone remember Bread? Was it the Bosworths? Or the, the Boswells, yeah. Remember that? Give me a wave. Look, kids, antiques. Look, no, um, Joking, I saw it too. And they used to have, remember Mama Boswell, whoever knows, she had a pot on the table. And all the kids went out to work. They all had different jobs. Some, one was a wide boy, wasn't he? He had the, like, the jag. And, but when they came home, they walked through the door and the mum would go, with the pot. And they would all put their hand in their pocket and they'd put wages. And they'd become, it was hilarious. And she'd like, uh-huh. And they'd all come, oh, sorry, mum, sorry, mum. And they all, because their giving sustained what the family could do. We want to be a little bit like that, and we are with our tithing and with our giving, but it's the attitude behind tithing and giving that causes us to have enough in the pot to do everything that the Heavenly Father is asking us to do. Now, again, let me just close with these scriptures. First one's 1 Corinthians 12, and it says, Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all of its parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body or one family, whether Jew or Gentile, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit, the same Holy Spirit to drink. Even so, the body or the family is not made up of one part, but of many. We need your skill base. We need your talents. We need what you've got that makes you you to make our family epic. And then the final one is Romans 12, verse 5. So we, though many, are one family or body in Christ and individually members of one another. Isn't that incredible? I love that. That what Paul is saying is he's saying, we are all, though many, one group, one body, one family. And we are individually members, not of Christ, but of each other. The best families I've ever seen that have been inspirational are families that work together to make what they need to happen, happen. Let's be that kind of family for God. Now, maybe you're here today and you're a part of church and Church is your family. Well, praise the Lord. Let's continue to build a great family together that honours and glorifies the Lord. But maybe you've been on the edge and you've been coming to church, but not really taking your coat off or taking the pot off of your roots. I want to encourage you. There's a better experience than just coming. Get involved. Begin to meet your brothers and sisters. Begin to come to family events. But also, there may be someone here and you're visiting and you say, I don't even know Jesus. Then, like I said, you need to be born 
again. One prayer can cause you to receive heavenly genes that causes you to be a child of God, born from above. One prayer. And I want us just to pray together in case we've got any new members of a family here that just need to pray a prayer to become a part of a family. Now, when I'm talking about family, I'm not talking about mafia. It's the family. I'm talking about the godly version, you know. This isn't like Goodfellows or, or, or the Godfather. It's really not. We want to be the pure version of that. But we are for him and we are for each other. We don't walk away. We celebrate each other. Amen. So let's just pray this prayer together. Just in case there's someone here that's never given their life to Jesus. Just pray after me. Father in heaven. Be my father. I believe in Jesus, but he died on the cross for me, and I receive the gift of salvation. Thank you for sin forgiven, and that I'm born from above. I receive a new life as if I just started living. Thank you for saving me. Jesus, I call you Saviour. I call you Lord. Amen. Just my every heart, eyes closed, every head's bowed. If you're here today and you've never prayed that prayer, and today you pray that prayer because you've never known God or you've been away from God and you want to come back to God today. When I count to three, I want you just to lift your hand if that's you. One, two, three. Is there anybody today? Anybody today? Everybody a part of a family? Lift your hand nice and high if that's you and you're saying, that's me, Andy. Let me see your hand. Oh, God bless you. I see that hand. That's awesome. Hey, welcome to the family. Anybody else today and you say, me too, Andy? Yeah, I've got this young girl. Hey, another hand there. Hey, welcome to the family. So glad you joined our family. Is there a third person today? You say, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to become a part of God's family. Father, I pray for these two today that you would just so touch their lives in such a special way, a relational way, that they know that surely God has just done something in my life. Father, thank you that they're coming in and they've stepped into the family of God. Father, let the family God be the best experience yet. Lord, be their father too. Amen. Amen. Listen, guys, we had a good morning. We're going to carry on with family values next week. Tonight is our worship service. Your family are coming together to love on the Father. If you've never been to a worship service, come on out. Also, three of our family are going to be getting baptised as a part of our worship service. So come on, come and see some of your brothers and sisters getting baptised. Give them a cheer. Well, I don't know them. Get to know them. You're going to be with them for eternity. All right. So come on, we're going to have a great night tonight of a worship service. Have a brilliant week and let's be God's family on the earth. God bless.